Well, good morning. We are so glad that you are here today. And um, yes, 2024 is upon us. And man, what a great start to the year so far. And uh, let's just celebrate for a minute 2023. I mean, God uh, did so much in our church. We baptized more people. We've seen more people come to know Christ more than any other year in the history of our church in 2023. And, um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more toward the end of the service and, uh, and as we present the new budget for 2024 and let you see that. And, and, uh, but man, God, God was on the move, um, not just in our church, but I see God on the move in your life. I've seen God moving in people's lives, and, and that's what matters. That is what matters, and like Pastor Chris says, we want to help people take their next step with God. And uh, one of the ways that we want to do that is we want to kick off the new year in a series on prayer, a series on prayer, and it really help us to grow in our walk with Him. And, um, and, and if we kind of kick off the series, the very first title of this message, the title of this message is Praying or Prayer for Dummies. Prayer for Dummies. And it's kind of a kickoff or a spinoff of the popular For Dummies book series. In fact, it's been going on for 30 years. And the very, very first book for Dummies that was written was DOS for Dummies. D-O-S. That was the computer language. And that was before Microsoft and all these guys showed up. If you wanted to make a program, you had to learn DOS. And so DOS for Dummies was the very first book, and in 30 years, there's been 2,500 more titles. Lots of Dummies books. And uh, it's very interesting, something very, very practical. And I, I was looking online to see some, and, and uh, uh, investing, investing for Dummies. There's Facebook for Dummies, social media for Dummies. There's personal finances for dummies. I kind of like this one. How to fix everything for dummies. I think I need that book, okay? You know, a lot of great books out there. Then I saw some, I saw some weird ones. I thought, huh, that's interesting, but I guess it sells. If it sells, then there must be a need for it. And uh, so there's hacking, hacking for dummies. And so in case you want to hack into someone's life, Right, and then there's a follow-up book called Forensics for Dummies, okay? So if you need to investigate who hack into your life, okay? So there's that. There's a building beehives for dummies. Interesting. Acne for dummies. So if you're interested in your complexion on your face, there's a book for you. Um, there's adulting for dummies. Some of the adults might need to learn that book. Adulting for dummies. You need the adult a little bit. And then there's the final one. I, I just thought, why? Elvis for dummies. <laughs> you know, it's interesting to me as I was looking through the list that there's actually a book, a title, Christian Prayers for Dummies. And today, this is what I want to do. I want to help us, and in this series, really help you improve the way that you pray. And let's be honest, I think all of us, from time to time, struggle, maybe some more than others, some less than others, but we struggle with our prayer life. And there may be the time, and I know this happened to me, that I, mean, I wish I was a better prayer warrior during that season. Or perhaps, you know, when I hear someone else pray an amazing prayer, 
And then I start to compare my prayer to his prayer, and I say, you know, I'm just not that great of a prayer. God, I don't even know why, I'm, why I even pray. I feel like my prayers, when I pray, God, don't even make it past the ceilings. Have you been there? Have you done that? Have you felt that? We, we've all felt that sometimes. We struggle with prayer. And so many of us, we struggle, and there's many different reasons why we struggle. If you're taking notes, some of us, we're just not sure how to pray. You're not sure if it's long enough, if it's short enough, if, it's, if, if this is the right thing to say. You're just not sure how to pray. And, and we want to cover that in this series. We want to help you with some practical ways on how to pray. Another, uh, another way, reason why we struggle with prayer is that we get bored. We get distracted with our prayers. And I, I mean, I, I know this happened to me. I'll be praying. I got the prayer momentum going on. I get 30 seconds into the prayer, and all of a sudden, I get distracted. I think about, ooh, I got to get that oil change done. <laughs> oh, I got to go to the store and get this for Karen. Oh, I got to go pick up the kids. And then all of a sudden, I start thinking about my to-do list, and I, and I wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be praying. I go back to praying, right? You know, we get distracted. We get bored sometimes with our prayers. Sometimes we think, uh, another reason why we struggle, we think of, uh, that our request that we have is just too small. Because there's an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God. He's the ruler of the universe, creator of the world. And, 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 and then we say, well, why would God, if he's so big and powerful, why would God be so concerned about my little small request? And uh, so sometimes we just think, you know, I'm just not going to bother God with it. I'm not going to pray. And we struggle with praying because we got our small stuff and we think God is worried about the bigger things. Another reason why we struggle is that some of us, we're just not sure that our prayers are really making a difference. You know, we think, again, if God already knows it and he can do whatever he wants, then, then why, why do I need to pray? You know, I mean, last time I prayed, it didn't work. So I'm not really sure my prayers are really making a difference. And so a lot of us, we should kind of go through life truly believing in God. There's no question about that. Your faith in God is there. However, we have a half-hearted or a, almost a non-existent prayer life. We struggle in our prayers. And, and so today, I want to kind of start at the most basic level as we get this series started. And, and we're going to kind of build from there. By the way, this is a six-week series. And it's going to be important. This is so important. In fact, I believe that this probably will be the most important series of the year. You need to lay the foundation and have a proper understanding on prayer and having a, a communication with God. And that's really what prayer is. If you're taking note, it's a working definition, it's, it's communicating with God. It's communicating with God. That's what it is. And, and, and the thought is, it, it's so simple, right? And yet, at the same time, it's just so hard to believe that we have access to God. We struggle sometimes believing that we have this access to this amazing God in our life. You know, for us, prayers, for many of us, is just overwhelming. I mean, just go to Amazon.com, right? And just search for prayer. And you're going to get 
you know, over 136, 140,000 bush on prayer. If you, if you Google search prayer, you're going to get 136 to 140 million websites about prayer. You know, and, and that includes all the videos and, 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 and news articles and books. And, and as you study prayer and, and just go out into what's out there, you're going to get a lot of misconceptions about prayer. There's a lot of myth out there about prayer. Here's some of them. Again, if you take a note, and I've got, I've got a prop here for it. Prayer, it's not a magic wand. But sometimes we think that prayer is, is like a genie in a bottle. You know, that God is our genie, and whatever you pray for, you know, there goes your command. Your command is your, your wish is your command, right? It's a boop, you have it. You know, and we will treat prayer sometimes like a magic wand, and that's not what prayer is. Prayer is not a magic wand. Prayer is also not, I have another prop here. That's not one of these. It's not a fire extinguisher. It's not in case of emergency, break glass and pull out the fire extinguisher. But sometimes that's how we treat prayer. You know, when we're in pain, no, when, we're, when there's an emergency, we're going through a, a, a rough path. What we do, we say, okay, God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. You know, I call it foxhole prayers. You know, when, you know, it, it, it's interesting, they said that the prayer life of those in World War I, World War II, really elevated in the foxholes. When the bombs were, you know, were coming down on all around them, and, and they say atheists. You know, they don't believe in God. When they were getting their foxholes and the bomb is going, they pulled out the fire thing with you and they said, hey, if there is a God in heaven, we believe, okay? Please protect us from, from the bomb. All right, and so they only prayed when there's an emergency, fire extinguisher. And that's not what prayer is. Prayer is also not one of these, a tug of war. You know, prayer is not, you know, sometimes we think prayer, you know, that God is not listening to prayer, that, that God don't care about prayer, and, you know, he doesn't really care about it that much. And so we thought, well, you know what, if I really go at it with God, and really pull, and maybe, just maybe if I wear him out, if I could wear him out and I could keep going at it, keep going at it, keep going at it, and finally God can say, he'll give up and let go. And, and, and then, you know, you win. But that's not what prayer is. Prayer is not a tug of war. It's not a thing that we do with God. Another thing about prayer is that it's not a ritual to relieve guilt. It's not a ritual to relieve guilt. Now, some of us in here, you, you may have grew up, you may have grew up in a in a Catholic church, and when you go in, I've been in a Catholic church with the wedding. They go in, you see one of these. This is pretty elaborate, but this is what we call a confessional. And, and if you were in a Catholic church, you, you prayed, you would go into a confessional, and the only reason why you go in one of these 
It's when you had a really, really, really bad week. You go in there, and you go in the one door, and there'll be somebody in the other side, a pastor or a priest, and, and he gets to listen to your prayers. And you confess to him your, your day or your week. And if you had a really ultra, ultra bad week, you're probably in there like two or three times a week. All right? <laughs> you know, depending on your level of badness. You know, you go in there, and, and you confess. And for some of us here, maybe you grew up in this, and, and your, your thought is, no, prayer is associated. Your prayers is associated with shame. You only prayed when you did something bad. It, it, you only prayed, you know, when you needed to be punished. And, you know, you go in and, and, and they say, hey, okay, you confess it, what you need to do, and, and you've got to offer this many prayers, and you've got to, you know, uh, light this many candles or give, or whatever they might tell you. And, 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 and for some of us, prayer, you know, it's a punishment. But Jesus taught you that opposite. The prayer is not a punishment for your sin. That prayer is not penance for your sin, right? If you take a note, this is what Jesus taught us. That prayer is a privilege, not a duty. It's a delight. It's not a, it's not a responsibility. Prayer is not a responsibility that you've got to pay back because you did something wrong. So prayer is not a, it's not a ritual to relieve guilt. And so today, as we kind of build this foundation, I want to give it four, I call them pillars, uh, four pillars of prayer, four foundational truths. And if you're struggling with prayer today, I promise you, you're going to walk out of here with something. If you have a pretty good handle on prayer, I promise you, you're going to still walk out of here with something. Because there's always something to be reminded when God's word is being preached. And I want us to help us grow in 2024 in our prayer life and why that's important. And so four foundational truths. Number one, if you're taking note, God loves for you and I. He just loves it. When we talk to him about anything. God loves when you and I talk to him about anything. In fact, the word anything, I know it's already underlined, you have to fill in the blank, but I want you to just circle it. Circle the word anything. The Bible says, Psalm 103, verse 13, the Lord is, I love this, the Lord is like a father. He's like a father to his children. He's tender, compassionate to those who reverence him. Now, I, I have um, two kids. They're in, uh, right now they're 10 and 17 years old. And, and, and I love when they can just come and talk to us about anything. Anything. I mean, what interests them interests me. And I love it when Nathan, would, Nathan he loved basketball, and he talked to me about NBA. And he, he knows all the players, you know, and I, I, I know all the players from the 90s, you know, the bad boys, you know, and, and, and all those players. And I, I, I barely know the players, but, you know, I, he talks about it, and I listen, and, and I learn from him. 
<laughs> I learned a lot, you know, and, and uh, he, he knows about the players that are going to be in next year's draft already. I'm just like, oh, Dad, I'm like, I, I, okay, but I'm listening to him. I'm interested. Abigail, you know, she, she wants to talk about bugs. She used to love all bugs, but now she hates all bugs, okay? You know, she talked about the different bugs she sees, you know? I remember one time she would tell me about a hairy bug, but this was back in the portable church days. You know, and she was coming home after church and said, hey, Dad, I saw a hairy bug. I found out later on that it was a mouse, okay? And, and, uh, and so he had no, she had no idea. She was innocent. But you know what? Interest them interests me. And that's just how our God is. So when you talk to God, there's nothing, nothing off limits. You know, some people think that you only pray about spiritual things, you know, like world peace, you know, and stuff like that. But we can go to God about anything. If you've got an upset stomach, you can talk to God about it. If you lost something, you can talk to God about it. You can even talk to God about mosquitoes. You can talk to him about anything. He's interested in anything that you're interested in, and he loves it. Just like a father does to his children. He loves it when you talk to him. First John chapter 5, verse 14. It says that we are confident. Oh, I love that. Confident. That means we should know this. That we can be sure of this. That we are confident that he heals us. Whenever we ask for anything that pleases him, he heals you. It says it again. Since we know he heals us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So right here in the first, we should be confident that God, he heals. He always heals, no matter how loud you say it, how long you say it, when you say it, or even if you think it in your head. God, he heals. And because of that, we can be confident in approaching God. We can be sure that he will answer. Again, with our kids, when, you know, Karen and I, we tell our kids, you can talk to us about anything. And when they were younger, they would. Of course, the older they get, you know, we have to kind of, you know how it is, you know. Uh, you got to kind of pry it out of them, you know. But they know that they can talk to me and Karen about anything without shame without guilt and embarrassment. You know, you can talk to God just like that. There's nothing that you can say to God that God can be like, whoa, that, that's really shocking. He knows. You can, never, you can never put God on the spot. You can never embarrass God. You can go to him for anything. The big, the small, the good, the bad, all of it. Here's the second foundational truth. That God listens to prayers that are honest and simple. Honest and simple. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. It says, let us draw near to God 
with a sincere heart. Sincere heart. God, listen to the heart. God, listen to the prayers that are sincere and simple. And then for some of you this morning, this might be just, just so important. And it could be so valuable to you. Because sometimes we think, man, I got to go with my prayers. I got to have flowery language. I've got to use some big words. You know, I've, I've, I've got to have these religious cliches in my sentences. I, I've got to do all of this fancy stuff in my wording. I've got to make sure it all flows perfectly to God. God just, God just wants you to be simple, honest, just talk to him. He wants you to be authentic. He wants you to be real. You know, he wants you to be gutsy. I mean, sometimes he wants you to just speak from the heart, bear your soul. You know, he wants you to lay it all out. You know, so God's not, God not interested in, in Shakespearean languages. And God's not saying, hey, I don't need your know, 200-year-old English. I'm not even English. You know, I just, I just want you to be simple with your words. God wants us to talk to him with honesty. And when we look in the scripture over and over, we see people that that's exactly how they laid it out. I mean, just look at Jeremiah, the prophet. I mean, Jeremiah, there were times where he was just, he got mad at God. He said, God, I don't get it. I don't understand what, the, what you're doing to me. I feel like I'm all alone. Elijah, you know, God, I, it, it's, not, it's not fair. You know, and he just kind of put it out there, you know, but God listened to it and he received it. God, God is not so insecure that he can't handle your tough prayers. He's a very secure God. In fact, the, the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms. And 50 of those psalms are called psalms of lament. You know what lament means? Complaints. Psalms of complaints. And, and I, I, I love that. Because we sometimes can just go to God and say, God, I've been asking you for this. I've been asking you for this job. I've been asking you for this situation. And you have not come through, God. I understand. I don't get it. But God, I know that you hear me. And so I want to understand what you're trying to teach me in there. But God, I'm just telling you, I don't like it. That's being real. That's being gutsy. That's being honest. When you study Jesus teaching our prayers, he gives us two cautions about how we pray. He said, don't be too lengthy. Don't be long, for show. And, and, and don't be fake. That's what Jesus taught us. Matthew chapter 7. Look, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. He said, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. The Pharisees, they were, they were more concerned about what people thought of them and not what God thought of them. And then Jesus said in verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And see, I, I love this. You know, your prayers do not have to be long. 
and fancy. In fact, if you're taking notes, longer is not stronger in prayer. There's been many times where I'll be on my way to a meeting. I'm on my way to an appointment. I'm on my way to visit someone in the hospital. And it'd be in a few minutes. Say, God, help me to say the word that I need to say. Or God, help this situation that I'm walking into to be resolved. God, I pray for this marriage that I'm about to walk into that's in trouble. I pray that they can see you and come together and make things right. I, I pray those little prayers. Doesn't mean that I don't, there are times in my life where I, I pray longer, but God also loves the short prayers. He loves those prayers. You can pray, you can do that. Listen, you can pray while you're driving. You just gotta keep your eyes open. Okay? Keep your eyes open when you pray while you're driving. That's okay. You can pray in any shape and form. But longer is not stronger in prayer. See, God is much more interested in sincere, humble, authentic prayer than long-winded sermon in the prayer. <laughs> By the way, God don't need a sermon. When you pray, he doesn't need to hear a sermon from you. He just wants simple, authentic. And if that's the, if your best prayer is, is, is just, plain, just plain, broken English, God said that's enough. That's okay. And there is just as much power in your prayer than one that may have wonderful words and, and, and a great format in their prayers. You have just as much power in your prayer than that prayer. So I always say this, it, it's unfair to you to compare, and don't compare your prayers to somebody else. The only person that's listening and the only person that matters is the person that you're actually talking to. That's God. Here's the third thought, third foundational truth. God loves to show his grace by answering prayers. Show his grace. Over 20 times in the New Testament, we are commanded to ask. It has to, 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 to ask, and it shall be given. To, to knock, and it shall be open. To seek, and you shall find. Over 20 times, we are commanded to ask God. To ask God for things. Why? Because God, in those moments, gets to show off. How good he is. Some of you haven't seen how awesome God is in your life because you haven't been asking for God to do anything in your life. And you miss it. God wants to show his generosity. God wants to show his graciousness. God wants to show his goodness to you. And he loves to answer prayers. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if, if you sinful people know how to give good gift to your kids, but then how much more will your heavenly Father give good gift to those who ask him? See, God's a perfect Father. 
And he's only going to give you good things, but he wants you to ask him. He wants you to pray for those things. Now, when you pray, you know, you've heard it, there, there, there are four different responses. Some say, well, God, I've been a Christian all my life. I know of three different responses. There's four. You've got to learn something today, some of you, okay? God can either answer with a, a yes, right? You know that one. God sometimes said no. Then God said what? Wait. Or not yet. And that's the fourth way that God answers, and that is, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I know, i prayed those prayers before. <laughs> outrageous. But you know what? God loves, hey, listen, God loves it when we pray big. When we go for broke in our prayer life. You know, when we just ask for the big things, just as much as we ask for the small things, but we go big. Whatever it is that God wants, you know, that you feel led, that you say, man, I need to pray for this. There's a yes, there's a no, there's a way, or there's a, you gotta be, a, you gotta be kidding me. But God's gonna answer in one of those ways. He said, listen, prayer is not a vending machine where you get to see what you want. God's not a vending machine. See, God, he knows what's best for you. Sometimes our yes, it's his no. And he said, my no is better than your yes. And I need you to know that that's what's best for you. And I'm a good God. Or it might be, hey, you need to wait. You need to wait. Be patient. And that's what's best for you. God's not interested. He's more interested He's not interested in your happiness. He's more interested in your character. When we pray, God knows what's best, and he answers in the way that he knows it's best for you. And so, you know, last Sunday um, afternoon, we were gone. If you were here last Sunday, I wasn't here. You know that Pastor Chris did a great job. He preached a great message on forgiveness. And um, last Sunday afternoon, you know, last Sunday morning, we watched it, you know, online, and, and it was so good. And um, I, I love his story about Puma and Adidas. It's a cool story, isn't it? Isn't that great? You know, so I, um, and then Sunday afternoon, it was our last Sunday afternoon. We were down in North Carolina, by the way, up in the hills, just below, not too far from the, the Smoky Mountain National Park. And, um, and, and so we're up in the cabin. And it's uh, Karen's family all came up from Florida. So there's about six, six families all in one big roof uh, in a cabin and up on the hill, about 3,000 feet up in the mountain. And, um, and, and so, you know, on our last Sunday afternoon, we, got, you know, we did our church thing online and we went to the, uh, kept the last outside with Sunny. And, uh, and, and this property was 11 acres um, of land on the side of this hill and all kind of cool stuff that we, we, we did. And, Things that we probably shouldn't have done, like going to a cave, but that's okay. Um, we came out. And um, so, um, but they had on the property a double black diamond hike. I've heard of double black diamond skiing, but hiking, I mean, come on. You know, what, what can, it's walking. How hard can walking be? And so I round up all the men, all my brother-in-laws and my son and, another, and one of my nephews, he's a teenager, and said, okay, we're going on this man hike. We're going to make a man out of all of you guys. 
I, and I'm, I'm the oldest, so I'm kind of leading the way here. And I said, okay, we're going to go, and it's a third of a mile. And, uh, and the owner, he rode it up in this little, you know, this Airbnb, in, in his little, um, in a book that he had. He said, hey, I'm 65 years old, and I do this hike all the time. I said, we're not going to let some 65-year-old man say that we can't do it. We're going to do this thing. So we start going on the hike, and, and uh, they involved ropes, you know. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we, we come across this waterfall that's on this property. It's real cool. We take a picture of it. And, and uh, by the way, they, they, they tell us in this book, he said, the trail's marked by orange tape around trees. I said, that's not a problem. Well, I, we figured it out that there wasn't really a trail, a path, so to speak. It's just rope, orange ribbon on, on trees. And so we're just basically hogging or climbing on the side of the hill, side of this little mountain. And, uh, and all the dead leaves are on the ground, so we're slipping and sliding. And, and it really was a challenging hike. And a third of a mile took us over an hour. And so we're just trying to get on, and people, and I can just tell, it's like, Scott, what have you done? And I'm still leading the charge, okay? I'm, you know, can never, you never show weakness as a leader. And I said, hey, we keep going. We've passed the point of no return. We got to keep going. And it got worse. It got really crazy, you know? And, and so anyway, we're about halfway, and, uh, and I'm exhausted already. I'm like, oh, my word, this is for real. You know, I'm not sure that this is really a trail, but this is for real. We're following orange ribbon on trees, and I'm not going to let this 65-year-old imaginary man tell me that he's awesome and that we're not. And so we're doing this thing. About halfway around, Nathan, he's, uh, what's right behind me? He said, uh, Dad. He started doing this. I said, what, son, what are you doing? I lost my phone. And I'm like, son, you just made an offering to the mountain. <laughs> it is gone. I said, oh, man, we got to look for it. I said, what are you looking for there? It is gone. Bye-bye. Well, you can tell he's frustrated. And I'm like, you know what? I said, we're going to have to go back. We couldn't go back. I said, we just got to keep moving forward. We got to finish this hike, and then we'll come back around. And so uh, and that's what we did. We did this hike essentially about a, one and a half times. And so we go back around. And then we started hunting for the phone. He said, he fell here, he fell here. We're kicking around leaves. And I'm like, you know, this is a needle in a haystack. This is impossible. I mean, it, it's done. And they keep looking at it, and I, I quit. I said, you guys, we got to the waterfall. I said, hey, you guys keep walking. You know, I know that I'm going to be stuck on the side of the mountain if I kept walking. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go to the cabin. Maybe by chance he left it in the cabin. I go up there, and on my way up to that cabin, I did a real simple prayer. I said, God, we haven't done this. But God, please, if it's your will, we find this phone. That'd be great, God, if we can find this phone. Nothing flowery, nothing fancy. I get up to the cabin, nothing there. You know, I try to beat, you know, do a location beep. There's no signal on the mountain, so I was just, I was just hoping. And my younger brother-in-law had Nathan, and they were halfway up on the mountain, almost to the spot that he recognized that he dropped it. And he slid, my brother-in-law slid because of the leaves, lost his footings, and while he was trying to grab on so he didn't slide down the mountain, he tried to grab on, and when he did that, a little bit of the leaves moved, and a little bit of the phone popped up. 
found the phone. I was like, that's a miracle. And I was just reminded, I said, God, how good are you? That really wasn't, that's an old phone. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, you know, you probably could have used a new upgrade. I told him, we'd probably get, get a new iPhone out of the deal. <laughs> Not now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but God showed us in, in unusual ways. But you have to ask, are you asking? Big or small? Ask. Here's the fourth foundational truth, and I'm going to we'll be done. God longs to be close to you. He wants to grow close to you. Prayer is all about us drawing closer to him. There's a better misconception about prayer, and that is, you know, we pray for things. I'm sure I pray for anything found. I pray for our daily bread. I pray for our provision, our needs. That's a part of prayer, but that's not why we pray. So we pray so that we could draw closer to him. See, you are made. You are made to have a relationship with him, with God, a friendship. He longed to be friends with you. I love what Jesus says in, in um, John chapter 15, in verse 15. Jesus said, you are my friends. The God of the universe wants to be your friend. And one of the most important things that you have to have in a friendship a conversation. My wife and I, we're best friends. But we wouldn't be best friends if we didn't talk. If we didn't talk to each other and communicate, we'd drift. But God, God wants to be your friend. And in order to have that friendship, you've got to talk. You've got to pray. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your friend. I love what Hosea, uh, chapter 6, verse 6. That's a God. I want you to see the passion in there. That's a God talking to you and me. Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want. Offers. Can, can you feel the passion? The longing that God wants for you is to draw near to Him. And so, how do I draw near to God? It really, it really is simple. Two things. You have to desire it, you have to want it. You have to want it. You have to crave for Him. And with all the world distraction that we have, so much competing for our time. We have to elevate God above everything else. And then you got to make time for it. You got to do the Nike thing. Just do it. Just do it. Puma, Adidas, Nike. 
just got to do it. Just do it. Got to want it. Got to want it. Bible says in James, I said, come near to God. And in return, he comes near to you. Spars in your court. Just wait. God never disappeared. God never said, hey, you know, I'm busy right now. He is waiting for you. I, I, I wanted to, as we kind of wind up here, I know I'm over time here. There is a, part of my vision of this series that really push us to draw closer to him. I do something we've never done here at Lake Point. We're going to do something in a couple of weeks. And what you said, hold on. Somebody will be like, okay, when you hear this, let me explain. But we're going to do something. Starting in two weeks from tomorrow, it's a 21 day fast. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to invite you to join me prayer and fasting. Now, I know, when you heard that word fast, somebody got mad at your stomach. <laughs> I call it King's stomach. And, oh, fast. I mean, he gets mad at me every time I talk about it. I mean, he gets angry because, and I, and I know, there's a lot of ideas about fasting. We're going to talk, we're going to unpack that next week a little bit more. There's a lot of different ways to do this. Some of you might not be able to do the 21 days. You might be doing seven days, three days. That's fine. Some of you might just say, hey, I can do 21 days of prayer. Whatever. Whatever God is leading you to do. And I invite you to join me. I'm going to do 21 days. I'm going to talk about how that looks like in my life next week. How I'm going to roll that out. And um, there's a lot of different types of fasts. So as you leave here in a few minutes, you'll have a, uh, we have this. Just to kind of get the a little handout, they'll be handing them out as you leave. Just to kind of get you, get it in your head. Now, you know, when you go on a trip, a vacation, you do a lot of preparation in advance. You want to know where you're going, what to do in that specific area. So, before we go on this trip in a couple of weeks, it's a little preparation just to kind of help you get a better understanding of where we're going with this. I'm going to talk about the power of it next week, and I promise you, if you do this, you're going to see God do some things in your life that you never thought possible, but most importantly, you'll draw closer to him. Because you're going to make some sacrifices. You say, God, I love you more than food. I love you more than stuff. And I elevate you, and you will take care of me through this all and all. And so as we kind of close out this message, here's my prayer. And as we have the prayer prompt, say, Lord, help me to be desperate for you. God, I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. God, I want to know you more. God, I want to touch you. Oh, God, I want to see your face. I want to know you more.
Would that be your prayer? God, I want to know you. I want to see your face. I want to know you more. I'm desperate for you. Oh, God, we ask you help us today. God, help us. Because so many of us, we get frustrated with our prayer life. Some of us, we quit our prayer life. But God, it's really that simple. You just want us to talk to you about anything. You want us to be sincere and authentic and honest. God, you just want us to see your grace as a good, good father. So help us to ask for things. But most of all, God, we want to draw closer to you. Help us in the next few weeks as we dive deeper in prayer and draw closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, before we dismiss, i got a couple of things here. Um, uh, as you leave, you know, we got the green handout. That's your um, prayer and fasting, informational, different types of different fasts. That's all there. It's all there. And just a real quick synopsis. Um, but also on tables. So on the virtual tables I hear, right here, an information table, it's our 2023 financial overview and 2024 budget for Lake Point Church. I'm going to highlight a couple of quick things. We um, are given over expense. Um, we, we never, um, what we, call we never, our income never exceeded our outgo. All right, so we, we always stayed ahead. We, we always stayed in the black. And, uh, but you'll see on the budget, zero, a zero-based sum, which means we, it's a zero given over expense. We took whatever we had left over, and we put it into our savings account, into our campus development account. So it's a zero-based sum. Um, our budget for the year was $925,000. And our income was $1,051,000. And so, yeah, that's good. 16% of our giving went towards mission, both locally and around the world. Isn't that awesome? Uh, 2022 income versus 2023 income, 20% increase. Our budget, our income in 2022 was $875,000. So I'm just saying out there, just to show how good God has been here at our church. And I want to thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being faithful in the way that you give. And, um, and, and so to God be the glory and all of this. We've seen baptism, like I said, we've seen over 40 baptisms. You know, over 100 decisions for Christ. Um, but the Christmas missionary offering, our goal was $29,000. We raised $34,000. Isn't that awesome? And I said, you guys have just led the way in a way that you are generous. And so I encourage you, our budget for this year is uh, we just bump it $50,000. So it's $1.1 million. And um, you'll see the, the, all the budget, uh, all the information on these tables. And I want to challenge you. Start being faithful. Be faithful in the way that you give. Continue to be faithful. 
And if God has blessed you and you're able to give more, you know, increase your percentage if you can. You know, be a percentage giver. You know, some of you maybe just pass you with 5%. So you know what? We can do 7%. We can do 8%. You know, um, maybe a tithe, maybe 10%. But be faithful, be a faithful giver, and let God resource the mission so that we can continue to do what we're doing here, to be a lighthouse, not just around the world in our mission, but right here in Shelby Township, Macomb County, and Oakland County. All right? And